Coming up on this episode of The Mompreneur Show, I'm interviewing Erin Odom, a wife, a mother of three adorable redhead little girls, and a blogger over at thehumblehomemaker.com. Her blog made more than her husband's teacher salary in just over two years. I'm Vika Lashenko, and this is the show that features amazing stories of remarkable mompreneurs. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about talking with you today. Oh, me too. I'm so excited that you took the time out of your busy schedule and made it work and that you're here joining us. I'm really excited to hear your story and to hear uh, your journey and everything that you've been up to. So I'm going to ask you um, if you could introduce yourself, what you're doing now, and tell a little bit about your journey, how you got here. Okay. Well, my name is Erin Odom and I'm a wife. I've been married for 10 and a half years and I have three, we have three little girls. They um, look like me and my husband were both natural redheads and they all have red hair. They are seven and a half, five and three and a half. And I started my blog, thehumbledhomemaker.com about five years ago. At the time we were on uh, living on a low income, my husband was, and he still is a high school Spanish teacher. Now he works four days a week. Maybe we'll get into all that in a little bit later, but we um, were having a really, really, really hard time. At the time we had two children and we were barely making ends meet. We would get to the end of the month and we were running out of food and we just thought, what are we doing wrong? And um, come to find out we weren't doing um, a lot wrong. We just didn't have enough money to live on. And a financial counselor that helped us figure that out because we really just didn't even know um, that we didn't have enough and that we needed to do something about it. So at the time, we were both working extra little jobs on top of his teacher job. And still, it, it wasn't bringing in enough. You know, he taught Saturday school. He was teaching after school. He was teaching an extra class during his planning period. I was teaching some homeschool kids Spanish. I was also tutoring at a local public school and I was writing for our local newspaper. So um, are you still there, Vicki? Yeah, the video cuts out here and there, but I'm still here. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. So um, my newspaper editor around the same time that my best friend both approached me and said, Erin, have you ever thought about starting a blog? At the time, I just had my second child and I was transitioning from writing mostly feature stories and I was doing this all from home um, to writing more of a mom column for the newspaper and that's very similar to blog writing especially personal blog writing and it was just a column about motherhood and so my newspaper editor and my best friend said did you know professional blogs existed and you could possibly make an income from home blogging. And I said, I had no idea. At the time, I was only reading one blog. It was a really small blog. It was a blog that I don't even think was monetized. And it was just a mom blog. And I was learning really how to be a mother to young children through this. So I started thinking about it. And the thought really excited me because in school, I I had actually majored in journalism and Spanish in college. And so writing was something that I 
always loved. And um, it was just a passion. And to be able to do something like that from home sounded awesome on top of writing for the newspaper. So in January 2011, I started the HumbledHomemaker.com. We had no money to invest in a business. All I had was a $10 to buy the domain name, thehumbledhomemaker.com. No professional design. You can go back on the Wayback Machine, and, and it looks very unprofessional. And I just did the best I could with what I had. It was on a blog spot, it, you know, blogger. It was not WordPress. Um, and I just started blogging. For about six months, I didn't tell anyone. For those six months, I mainly just uploaded columns from the newspaper, I was scared. You know, I thought in the back of my head, this would be so awesome to be able to turn this into business. But I was, I was scared and I didn't know what I was doing. And so I didn't really tell anyone. And six months in, I decided, you know what, if I'm going to do this. I have to be all in and I have to, to make it public. You know, otherwise, it's never going to go anywhere. And so I started telling people, just telling friends that I was blogging. I started doing link ups on other blogs and I started my Facebook page and then it started growing. Um, two years in, I was making more money than my husband was making um, on his teacher salary. And now it's several times more than what he is making. And we call it our business. It's not just my business anymore. It's our business. But it's been a really neat journey. It's been a complete surprise. Never in a million years would we have thought that um, that would be a career path for our family. But um, I can't say I've loved every minute of it, but it's been a huge, huge blessing. And um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Wow. wow. What, what a journey. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. So you did a lot of side jobs. How in the world did you know Spanish? And how did you get into writing for the newspaper? I'm so curious. Yeah, I know that you, you, there's a lot of ladies here who maybe blogging is not for them. And I am a firm believer that it's not for everyone. And just because mm -hmm. that's my story doesn't mean it's every mompreneur story. So with Spanish, I always I had a, always had a love for writing, and I always had a love for internationals, no matter where they were from. So you, wow. Vicky, I naturally have a love for people from all over the world. Not that I don't like Americans, but I just my husband and I both have a heart for the world. And so in college, I majored in Spanish. I thought this is the practical. Um, major because I thought maybe I'd be spending my life in Latin America. Truly, I thought that I was possibly going to be a full-time career missionary in Latin America. So journalism was kind of like, Spanish was like, okay, that'd be good for me to go ahead and learn the language. And then journalism was, this is where my skill set falls. And that's a good backup plan. I could always write for a newspaper. I could always improve my writing skills. And so I double majored in those and I minored in English. I was kind of an overachiever, but I, I like, and plus an ENFP, I couldn't just choose one thing to study in college. Right. <laughs> I, um, so that's how that happened. So that's how I had the Spanish skills. Um, I spent a year in Costa Rica after college teaching at a missionary kid school. And that is actually where I met my husband. He had been living there for two years. He looks he looks very similar to me, fair skin, red hair, but um, we are both Americans that met in Costa Rica. And so um, after we met, we got married. So that's how I had those skills. Um, 
to do those little side businesses. And, and it's funny because recently I was looking at the new year over some goals from the previous years. And I looked back during that year, I started the blog. And I had all of these different goals and I had all of these different ideas of how I could make money from home. And I, I had written about teaching myself how to sew and maybe I could start an Etsy shop. Well, guys, I am totally not skilled that way at all. But there were just a lot of different things I thought I possibly could do. And I encourage all entrepreneurs, if you are interested in starting a business, really look at your skill set and look at maybe some areas that you're interested in that you can learn more about. I learned that I'm just not, um, I'm not crafty. I'm not a seamstress. So that wasn't for me. And the other things made perfect sense. So, Wow. Very interesting. So you started a blog, you bought the domain. So it wasn't on a subdomain, right? No, it, well, it was on, um, like a blog spot. And so I bought, I went to godaddy.com and bought the humble And the name, the humble maker came from, I was at a, a season in my life and I'm still there where I felt like I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I felt very unskilled in the area of homemaking. I thought, sure, I can write, but I don't know how to keep a home. And I know I wasn't the only one. And so now I really like for it to be a place to encourage anyone um, who and women that are trying to learn homemaking motherhood skills. And I talk a lot about healthy living too. So that's, yeah, I just bought the humbled homemaker.com. Okay. So how did you get over yourself and um, blog about being a homemaker without feeling worthy? I feel like that's what a lot of people struggle with. That's what I struggle with a lot. Is that like, how do I get over myself and just do it and just talk about my experiences? Right. Well, I think it helped at the time. And I still honestly do this sometimes, which is, it's going to sound crazy, but, um, you know, you pretend like you're just talking to a few people. Um, and in the beginning you are, and I really encourage people to look at it like, um, I'm sharing with friends and to really strive to maintain your authenticity and so and instead of trying to be someone who I wasn't, I really tried to be vulnerable and be authentic. And, and plus, that was my niche, too. But um, really, a turning point for me, even though I was real in the beginning, I still held some back. And I didn't tell, for example, that we were struggling financially because mm -hmm. that was just something mm -hmm. share, you know, yeah. and yeah. I, felt, I felt really ashamed in many ways when I finally started sharing that that's when the blog started to explode. And I Whoa. think yeah, people long for the authenticity. They long to, to really know um, that, that, that they're not alone in their struggles. So, um, but in the very beginning, if you know, you asked how I get over myself, I think um, part of it was, I just had, I knew that I was never going to grow unless I just bit the bullet and put myself out there, you know, after those six secret months of blogging. Um, but also I started pursuing some opportunities to guest post. And um, when I got those opportunities, it kind of forced me to put myself out there because if I was going to be guest posting on someone else's site, I needed to have somewhere else for people to look to, like where was my site? Where was my home on the internet? Very interesting. How long into, um, how, how long after, uh, you started your blog. Did you start guest posting? So I officially, so I started the blog secretly in January, 2011. Mm -hmm. I started it openly in 
think June 2011. Mm-hmm. And I got my first um, guest posting gig in August of 2011. So at the time, I didn't realize how I do now, the power of guest posting and how that was a really good way to grow. I had been reading one of my, who has become one of my dearest blogging friends um, and real life friends. We've seen each other in real life many times now. Stephanie at keeperofhome.org. Mm. So um, actually she has since sold her site, but she is an entrepreneur family. So you entrepreneurial ladies would love her site. It's called Entrepreneur Family. And I think it's .com. It could be .org. That's uh, so interesting that you said that she sold it because I was on her Facebook page, the keeper of the home, and I was like, wait, 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 am I missing something? Like, I thought this was Stephanie's uh, site, you know? So very interesting. I did not know that. That is actually my agent that's calling right now, but I'm just going to ignore the call. <laughs> I am so sorry. Uh, do you want to like take it? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll call him back. It's just funny because it's a business call, but it's like not supposed to happen right now. So I'll just call him back. So, I, love uh, I was like, who's that calling me? Because we don't get called on the home phone a whole lot. That's so funny. So this is where literally your journey took you four years later, five years later, Yes. Um, to, to a published book, working on a published book. It's incredible. Let yes. me, let me truck back a little bit. And, um, and, uh, what's her name? Natalia had a question. How long did it take you to start making money? Cause after, after two years, you started making as much as your husband did at his, uh, teachers with his teacher salary. But what about before then? Like, when did you start breaking even? When did you start, um, actually making some money? So I will be really honest. We did not think this was going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband had seen me start hobbies and stop kind of like sewing and scrapbooking. He was like, Aaron, you know, you're an ENFP. You don't ever stick with anything. And true. Logging is the, literally the only thing that I have stuck with this long miracle. So we didn't keep really good track in the beginning mm-hmm. until, um, it was kind of like we when we did our taxes that second year, like we we were just like, oh my goodness! And actually, there was a time, um, I think it was 2013, where we had to pay a whole lot of taxes, and we were blown away. And we thought we we changed from having like um what one from doing our own bookkeeping, and we switched from having like um just a, a bookkeeper type person do our taxes to getting a CPA because we didn't realize, I, mean, I would say in the beginning, it was like $3 here, you know, a hundred dollars here. It was really small. Um, I will say when I started blogging, we didn't have Pinterest, there, mm-hmm. you know, Facebook, as far as page sites, we're just, just then taking off. So I would say it's very feasible to be making um, a good income, at least a part-time income, if not more, within a year of blogging now, if you were very diligent and strategic. Um, it's different for everyone, though. Everyone's journey is different. I worked really, really hard, but um, I'm a Christian, and I believe that God really blessed it, too. I believe that, um, you know, I worked hard, but um, it, it's not just me. You know, I have mm-hmm. to give God the credit. And yeah. So, um, I don't know if that answers your question, except that it came a lot faster than I thought. And I really encourage you, no matter where you are in your business, to keep very good track of how much money you're making 
because, you know, in the beginning it was just, it was so little that it was going into our regular bank account. And then finally we were like, we've got to separate this. I would encourage you to just set it up separate and keep really good track from the get go. Um, and we, we paid our taxes and everything was fine, but, um, we got to a point where it was like, oh my goodness, we had no idea we were making this much money. And so, um, so, so while we're talking about money, um, can you share with us, if you're comfortable with that, um, how you break down, um, your revenue? Like, where does it come from? Is it ads only? Is it sponsored posts? Like what, what are the revenue streams? Okay. Um, I have, I think it is six different revenue streams. I've actually written a post about this. So if you want to put this in some show notes later, um, if you go to my site, thehumbledhomemaker.com and you look at the about page and you hover down, there's a page that says pick my brain. And I did a short blogging series. I did three posts. I've added another post to that recently. And one of those posts talks about how I make a full-time income blogging, and it breaks down the different income streams. And so my different, and that's one thing I really recommend if you're blogging in particular, is that you have, you don't put all your eggs in one basket, either with traffic or with monetization. And so um, for me, I have um, an ad network that I'm in. I'm actually in several different ad networks, but I use Ad Thrive, which is a company that manages the different ad networks, mm. which is great. So I don't have to manage it myself because I am really not techie, believe it or not, which is kind of ironic considering what industry I'm in. But um, I have ad networks. I have sponsored posts. I, ha- I have affiliate marketing. Amazon affiliates, which is, is kind of the same as affiliate marketing, but we actually count that as a separate income stream, my husband and I do, than other affiliates. Um, I have some private sponsors, not a whole lot. I have my own products, which are a few ebooks that I have. And then um, I did have an offshoot business, but I recently left that business, which is actually Stephanie and her husband, um, Stephanie and Ryan Langford, because there was no way I could write my book and continue on um, working so hard. So the email about that went out on Friday to let everybody know. I've kind of kept it under wraps except for a few individuals the last few months. But in order to accept my book deal, uh, my husband and I just, we knew I had to cut something out. And so that's what I ended up cutting out. So instead of doing that now, um, this could, I guess, could be considered a product or something different. I'm writing the traditionally published book. And it, it'll actually be, it's a two book deal. And so um, a trade book and then a gift book will come out later. And it won't, they won't come out to 2017. So um, it's a crazy long process. So I'm anyway, so excited for you. I think that's seven different income streams. So thank you, Vicki. That's seven. And most bloggers I know have some kind of mix of that. Um, Because, you know, one month you may do awesome with ads on Ad Network um, or awesome on Amazon. And the next month it may not do so well. So, for example, um, at the Christmas season, Amazon is amazing. It is one of our top income streams. Right now it's not. Because we're, you know, going t- towards March and people aren't buying gifts so much. So it's really important to vary the income streams. 
Very interesting. Thank you so much for mentioning that. And again, going back to what you said earlier, not putting all the eggs in one basket. And I love that you, you're diversifying. So let's say there is a blogger who just started a blog and many moms are here watching that have just started a blog and they are, they got that entrepreneurial bug. But how, where do they start? Where in the world do they start after they have their blog up? So I really recommend trying to network with other bloggers. And I hate the term networking as far as mm -hmm. trying to use people. Some people really look at that term as a really in a really bad way. And I used to look at that term that way too. But now I look at it more as just building relationships. Um, you do have to be careful because people will want to use you. And so I just really uh, recommend that you be transparent, but don't, don't give everything away. As an ENFP, I don't know about you, but I've had actually trouble with that in the past. And I've had friends tell me, you have to be more careful in relationships. Not everybody is out for your good. But all that said, I would just really um, seek out some bloggers that are in your same niche that are at your same season of blogging. So you may want to, if you just started a blog, you're going to want to find some other bloggers that are around the same time as you are, maybe started recently. And I recommend trying to start a mastermind group so you can learn together. People have asked me in the past, how do you find a mastermind group? My recommendation is to start your own. So yes, you're going to have to put yourself out there, but it's the internet. So you can email people. You don't have to ask them face to face, you know, so the rejection, if they say no, it's probably just because they're really busy right now with their personal life and it's nothing against you. But I recommend you go out and try to find anywhere from five to 10 other people that are like you and start a group. I have been in several of these groups and it really helped grow my blog in the beginning and even now. And um, I have one group we meet on Google Hangout every other week and we just brainstorm different business ideas together. And then I have another group and we're mainly just on Facebook, but they have been awesome. Um, as well, I how to get to know um, bigger bloggers, which I feel like weird even saying that because I think people let me into that. And I'm like, what? what is big? You know, like we're all just people. Um, but I recommend trying to guest post and try to offer them something. So Stephanie was really great to reach out to me when I started blogging. And basically, she ran a series on cloth diapering. And I was called diaper at the time. My first mm. ebook. And um, I had read the series and I thought, you know what? One post that would be awesome to add to the series would be how to build a cloth diapering stash on a low income because that's where we were. Mm. So I emailed her with, uh, I didn't just email and say, hi, I read your blog. Can I guest post? Or hi, I read your blog. Will you please link to this? Like that is a big turnoff. Instead, yeah. I I wrote and said, hi, I read your blog. I love your blog. I love the series because I truly did. I wasn't trying to kiss up to her or anything. And I said, um, but I have an idea that this could maybe add more content to the series. And then I said, my idea is X, Y, Z. And this is where I feel like X, Y, Z. I think your, um, your audience would be able to benefit in this way. So you want to really give. And don't expect a lot in return because mm -hmm. um, different bloggers are really, really busy. You know, I have various blogging friends that are considered like really, you know, big bloggers or whatever. And um, just try to respect their time 
<laughs> but offer them something um, and don't don't expect them to do a whole lot for you. I don't know if that sounds snobby or what. I'm just <laughs> trying to be real. But I'm thinking about some of my, my blogging friends who um, are just really busy. And, and sometimes you'll have people email us. And you can kind of tell a difference between somebody who's a real blogger and somebody who, like these ladies probably are here, and like a scammer. Because sometimes people just yeah. want to link to their stuff. And, and they're not even real people. They're like a PR agency or something. And yeah. it just gives you a bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that and i love that you you were real about it like don't expect too much because we often i mean i remember when i was starting out i would get so personal i i would i would take it personally whenever i was rejected or not like I, when somebody didn't respond to me so thank you so much for sharing that and um natalia is like all over this interview she's absolutely in love with it and she's asking so many questions and one of her questions is do you think the blog could have taken off if you didn't share your personal financial struggle you know what natalia i don't know because that's when it really took off and i still so now i try to hone in on four different main categories and saving money is one of those categories um so I, I still blog about that some. Um, and people now know they don't think I don't think they think that we're still on a low income. I try to make that clear, too. But I, I have even prayed like God help me never to forget that time because I want to still be able to relate to that. Yeah. And I, I hold what God has given us with an open hand. It could be gone at any time. But um, I, I really think it may have not necessarily been the sharing about the financial struggle as just being real and being raw and you know even if you have um an entrepreneurial show like vicky has you know i think even just being real with your own struggles and in running a business is so good because people can relate to it and and when you pretend that you have everything all together and that you never struggle and that you have all of this advice and wisdom to give which we do have wisdom to give because we've learned through our struggles. I think that's just so important. You want to be relatable to people. Mm -hmm. So do I think it could have taken off? I don't know that it would have, to be honest with you. Hmm. Very interesting. And I uh, thank you so much for reminding us that we, you know, we're all human. No one's perfect. And it's so important to share the struggles. And to be honest, I've been struggling a lot with that because it's like, how do I come across? It's a, it, I feel like it's a hard balance for me. How do I um, still be the one that people take advice from and still be open and raw? So definitely something to work on. And you mentioned in the very beginning about goals, like how you set your goal for, for what you wanted your blog to look like. What, what is your goal setting strategy? I would love to hear that. Okay, so I really like to go on personal retreats. And I actually have a free ebook that anyone that signs up for my newsletter can get right now. It is actually one of my products that I've been selling and it's been selling well for $3.99 for the past two years, but I have made it free for this quarter. So if they go to the humbletomaker.com, you'll see it pop up right there. Mm -hmm. But um, basically that book is called Your Retreat, A Guide to Giving Yourself a Personal Planning Day. And in it, I talk about how on these retreats, sometimes I will have a focus on my home, but other times I'll have a focus on my business goals. And so I, I go on these retreats and I do a lot of brainstorming and I pray through things and I, I set small goals 
Um, I am one of these people. My natural tendency is to set these huge goals that I can never attain. And so I've learned that about my personality. I've learned that uh, that I have to uh, restrain myself and practice more discipline and just set smaller goals and then set action steps to go along with those goals and ideally set a deadline for when I will meet each action step. So that's how I... I basically go about goal setting for me and everyone may not be like this. I have to get out of my own home to go and sit down and really focus on goals. And so in the beginning, um, when I started doing this, I actually started doing my personal retreats before I was even married, but um, I would just go to a coffee shop and spend the day. And I did that a lot during the, you know, when I had three kids um, within four years that I was breastfeeding everything. I couldn't leave the babies overnight, but I'm actually going this weekend on one of my personal retreats. This one, the focus is going to be on writing and I'm actually going to be focusing on writing the first few chapters of my book. But um, I really encourage you to set aside intentional time for goal setting because otherwise it may never happen. Erin, that's very interesting. So you actually get out the house like do you fly somewhere or do you just go to a cafe or do you get a hotel room and stay there for a few days like how how does that work so um i talk in my ebook about how it can look different for everyone mm-hmm. um, depending on your financial status depending on your season of life especially when you're a mompreneur and you have love that counting on you but in the past i went to a coffee shop for but for the past Maybe two years, about once a quarter, I go to a little bed and breakfast that is literally 20 minutes down the road. It's in the town where my husband works. So it's almost in the same town where we are now. So I'm not spending a lot of gas or anything. I can get home if I need to get home, but it's away. And so the town that I go to is actually a college town. So I park my car for the week and it's very... um it's pedestrian friendly. So I can walk to a little grocery store. I can walk to some restaurants there. I can go on the campus and sit on the bench, but um, it's really close by. And that's working for me right now with having children that aren't babies, but are still small. But um, you know, if you can afford it and you are in a season of life where you can just go somewhere for a week, you know, kind of like a vacation by yourself. I think I might have a harder time doing that because of my personality. I know I keep talking about personality, but you got to know yourself. You know, even usually I will go for two nights. The most I've gone is three nights by myself. But it's funny. I actually looked at a lot of my goal planning and this weekend I'll be doing with my writing in the in the in lobby <laughs> so that I still have people like their energy I can I can feel like the people around me and so, I can relate <laughs> because I have to still be around people a little I have to be able to say like hi how are you doing you know um but if you're an introvert you may just want to go to a hotel room and stay in the room the whole three days or week or however long you have to set a time for your goal setting. But I think that if we don't make it a priority and we don't set the time aside for it, um, sometimes, especially as moms, it just won't happen. Mm, It's so interesting. I'm so glad you brought this up. It's so important. So who stays with your children when you're away? My husband does. So he is off on Fridays. He's been off on Fridays for the last two years. His high school is unique in that, um, it's a charter school and the elective classes don't have to teach on Fridays. When he first started teaching, they allowed him to. But um, because now the blog is our primary income source, 
he is off on Fridays. And so I can leave on a Thursday and come back on Saturday or Sunday and, and he's with the kids. So that is really nice. You know, in the past, when, like I said, when they were little, like for you, some of you ladies, it, you may just need to go to a coffee shop all day and see if maybe you can just take turns with a friend. Do you have another mompreneur friend in person? Or even if you just have a stay at home mom friend who needs a break, maybe you could say, okay, all day Thursday, I'm going to take your kids and you can go to the coffee shop or you can go shopping or do whatever you know you want. And then will you watch my kids the next week so that I can go to the coffee shop all day and do some planning and goal setting? That's so good. That's a really, really good advice. So mamas take note. That is genius. And I've done that before. Um, and it, it works wonders. So Erin, I have like one more question for you. How did you and your hubby how do you even know how to say this? Um, not plan this out, but when when the money started coming in, when you had to invest more time into the blog, how did you did you sit down and talk it through? What was his opinion on it? How did you guys decide on really going full throttle with the blog? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. And it's something that people don't talk about a whole lot, but I think that the struggle is real. And I think probably just about every mompreneur feels the struggle at some point. So in the beginning, my husband was like, is it real? You're going to quit. I mean, he wasn't discouraging, but it was almost like he was joking because I had quit so many hobbies. And in the beginning, it was more like a hobby. You know, I wasn't making money in the beginning. So he kind of said, I'll I'll believe it when I see it. Well, then I got to a point where I was working so hard, round the clock, full-time mom during the day. I had babies and toddlers, and I was getting very little sleep. And there was there was tension because I was honestly, I was tired. I was not in a good mood. And I wasn't the best wife, mom, or entrepreneur to be completely transparent with you all. And so there was a point where it was like, we were both like, can we keep this up? And I think probably every business gets to that point where you either quit or you just have to just plow through and know it's going to be tough for a while because it usually when you get to that point, it's like you're near a breakthrough, I think. And then it got to the point where we were both able to see how it was improving our financial situation. And I, I was at the point where I said, I want to quit. And he said, Oh no, you can't. <laughs> and I didn't really want to quit. And he knew that in my heart. Cause you know, I'm so passionate about it. But when the hard times came, I would just, and my emotions would say, okay, I'm done. And he would say, no, you've worked so hard for this. And this is really helping our family. And then slowly we've made the transition where he's helping me with more stuff behind the scenes. In the beginning, um, so a year and a half ago or so, when he started having off on Fridays, he would actually watch the kids. And Friday's a homeschool day. He would do the homeschooling on Fridays. That has transitioned this year. In the fall, we actually have a nanny come on Fridays. I do the homeschooling on Saturdays. We've learned some families co-homeschool great, but for us, it just works out better for me to do it. And I actually want to do it. And so on Fridays, he and I both go away to a coffee shop and it's neat because we can make it kind of like a breakfast date. So we have breakfast together. The kids are well taken care of. And then we work. We both work on the business. And um, we are still thinking through and praying through if he is going to quit 
altogether next year. He enjoys teaching, but we are leaning towards now him probably um, him probably coming. Well, he hasn't given a notice yet. He's told his school that he would maybe like to step down and maybe just teach one class. So we're still working through that. But um, the longer he's in it, the more he's become passionate as well. He actually writes on the site sometimes too. And the readers love that because very rarely do you hear from the husband. And he has blog post ideas all the time. And actually for 2015, in 2014, some of his posts were the most popular posts on the, on the blog. <laughs> so, so it's really been a process from us kind of joking about this is not real to let's quit to no, like we got to keep on. And this is actually really a good thing. Wow. And as far as my scheduling in the beginning, we couldn't afford you know, babysitters, we couldn't afford help. Um, I did a lot during nap time and nighttime. And then we hit that hard period where we didn't have nap times anymore. Um, we had quiet time, but the girls were still awake. And so my mom helped out a little bit. She's local, like maybe once a week. But then um, we had a mother's helpers off and on for the last couple of years, very part time. But right now we finally, as of October, have a very good, consistent um part-time nanny. I even feel funny saying the word nanny because I feel like that has this, I don't know, it, it has like this connotation of eliteness or something. I don't know, Vicki, how you feel about that. And I don't know, maybe it's in the South. And it's my pride, honestly. For a long time, I didn't want to hire anyone because I thought, you know, oh, no, you know, no, no, you know, like I don't want people to even know that we have help. But that was my pride, you know, and there's no way I can do everything on my own. So she comes, like she comes, um, several afternoons a week and between that and between two mornings of preschool a week and between the university model school schedule is when I have my work hours. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, Erin. Uh, that was so good. The whole scheduling, the dream planning with the husband, working with the husband. It's so inspiring because my husband also quit his job last year, exactly a year ago, but he's doing his own business. He's running his own business, which has given us a lot of flexibility where he can take our care of the kids as he is right now. Um, but uh, very, very interesting. A lot, a lot to learn. I've been scribbling notes, even though I'm go going to rewatch this anyway. I've been totally scribbling notes, learning a lot from you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Vicki. I seriously hope we can see each other in person one day. I know we live really far apart, but I, t I really want to hang out with you in person. Oh, <laughs> I know you're so cute. I totally do as well. I totally do. And I know, I, I believe it will happen one day. I totally believe I it. So. I really do. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Sihar, for coming on. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Erin. I took lots of notes and hope you did as well. Please join us live next time every single Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. We have lively conversations with the most remarkable mompreneurs. And join us live in the chat because that's where you can participate and ask questions. My name is Vicky Lashenko, and this is the show that features amazing stories of remarkable mompreneurs. I will see you next time.